Welcome to the Sugar and Dread podcast. First name Sugar. Second name Dread. Yes, yes, Yiga, yes, yo. We are back. We're here. Um, uh-huh. We've got a very special episode for you today because it is International Women's Day. <laughs> yeah, so we will be giving you our top five mythical creatures, and uh-huh. then we will we'll be reading some poems for you. We've got some poems for you today. Yeah, from, wait for it. Oi, Momtaza Mary, Hibak mm. Osman, Teresa Lola, Tanya Nwachuku, Anita Barton Williams, Rachel Long, Mary Jean Chan, Victoria Adukwe, Bully. Oi. Yes. Yes, Oi. we've got we've got bears. Oi. We've got bears. Uh, bear. bear, um, incredible women, um, that we will be reading from today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's it's International Women's Day, man, and that's right. And 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 any any excuse just to read bear 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 women is hundred percent is going to be used by us. So it's celebration, mm-hmm. um. And also uh, follow us on Twitter at Sugar and Dread because later on today, uh, the day of record, the day of release, um, and we usually release at six a.m. So mm-hmm. later on today, if you're listening with us, um, keep keep an eye on our Twitter for International Women's Day because we will be yeah, doing fam. a giveaway. Uh, we will be giving away books. Uh, uh-huh. A bundle of books will be giving away Where the Memory Was by Hibak Osman. We'll be giving away In Search of Equilibrium by Teresa Lola. We will be giving away My Darling from the Lions by Rachel Long. And we will be giving away Blood Child by Octavia Butler. That will mm. just a little bundle, a little bundle. So yeah. um, keep, keep an eye on our Twitter for how you can get your hands on that. Monsieur. Mm. I'll be the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me be me be okay if I'm um yeah, I'm I'm all right still. Um yeah, nothing much to say in it, nothing much to add. Um same old, same old, locked up, they won't let me out, let my people go, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um yeah, how are you? <laughs> man, man went from Akon to Moses, you know. <laughs> Man. Listen, it's mad. same energy, bro. It's the same energy. I respect it. I respect it highly. Oh dear, how are you doing, Sha? Yeah, there were a few days last last week, this week. I don't know. Recently, there mm. were days when the sun was out, and I went for a walk, and I walked for like two hours. I was listening yeah. to, um. What's going on by Marvin Gaye? The album just kept. I just kept cycling it back to the beginning. Mm. Um, 
it was it was it was delightful i i was walking i was listening to music i was like oh i was hearing lines and like writing scenes for a play that i'm working on as as i was kind of going and it was just it was just it was just a good it was a whole good vibes um a whole good vibes event now as i look out my window the fog has descended and so I'm just trying to resist that as a metaphor for my actual existence and trying to continue in the mode of sunshine and sunlight. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Go read, go read my sugar shot about, about my experience for my walk. It's called Miracle, uh, sugarshots.substack.com. So Look yeah. at you, but, um, blog. Shall we get into our top five? Let's go, man. So the top five this week is top five mythical creatures. I'm just going to go ahead. I'm just going to get going. I'm going to go straight go into it. I don't have any um, honorable mentions. So of course, cracking. In at number five, I have Medusa. The backstory and everything is like, it's, you know, it's really tragic and da 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 And, you know, I feel it. But also... I just think it's mad to have like snakes coming out of your head. And when someone (laughs) looks at you, they die. In at number four, I have werewolves. I've probably got werewolves because of being human. Um, Werewolves are definitely there because of being human, because of Harry Potter and Remus Lupin is, you know, is a G. Um, But, but, you know, just the concept of, you know, the moon and obviously the relationship that the moon has to human beings and it's up in the sky and it controls our tides and it it, it, it affects us. Mm-hmm. Um, but the concept of the moon turning us into into these these humanoid wolf wolf things, um, I think is just really fascinating. And the idea yeah. and the concept of what happens to to you at night or what happens to you because of of this external factor and force um i think it's just personally i find it fascinating and so in at number four i have werewolves in at number three i have vampires now i feel like twilight and the vampire diaries (laughs) really secured this secured secured vampires at number three it was it's very close between vampires and phoenix um but phoenix is now going to be in an honorable mention because man like vampires is just like i feel like so everybody you know you think of dracula but i think Mm -hmm. the way that the idea of this creature that drinks human blood and the life is in the blood and then you know they can't they can't die and there's just you know their aversion to light and like all of those things and the way that those kinds of myths and tropes and all of those kinds of things are are played in like modern uh fantasy and stuff i i really enjoy it but i think it's just it's such a dark myth it doesn't live or function as a, a normal human being but it needs human life to continue and i feel like I don't know. I feel like I'm fascinated and intrigued by the comments and the statement on humanity itself. In at number two, I have elves. And mm-hmm. 
elves are in at number two. They're riding on the back of Le- Legolas from Lord of the Rings because you can't tell me that that those arrow shooting scenes are not that absolutely like fam. What's wavy, bruv? Wavy. Legolas is a bad boy. Also, the elves in the inheritance cycle, which is like Aragorn, Eldest, Brisinger, um, and inheritance, are like uh, they're so cool. Like I wanted to be an elf. And in at number one, my top mythical creature is dragons. Mm. Um, And what? They can breathe fire. Check. They can Mm -hmm. fly. Check. They are intelligent. Check. Like, dragons are cool. Like, I I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Like, the concept of a dragon, of this large, great beast that, that is so is so is so capable of of greatness but also destruction i think is is absolutely like fascinating i think dragons are are fantastic and i love them i love when they appear in literature um not necessarily a fan of them on the screen or in in like television but i think in literature when they belong solely to my imagination as i imagine it I think dragons are fantastic. And so dragons are in at number one for me. And um, in at number five, I had Medusa. In at number four, I had werewolves. In at number three, I had vampires. In at number two, I had elves. And in at number one, I had dragons. Awesome. Okay. Okay. That's I, I respect I respect that. That's good. That's cool. I can stand by it. Here we go. Um in at number five, we have the centaur. Um yeah, big up centaurs, man. They're half half man, half horse selves. Um I've always thought there was something noble about about the centaur, man. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. Although I did I did realized that um this is was colored by um what's it the hercules um tv show from the 90s and um and this and this greek mythology cartoon that i used that i used to watch back in the day um yeah it turns out centaurs are a bit um yeah centaurs are highly highly aggressive and highly problematic creatures unfortunately which is why they're down at the number five I didn't do honorable mentions. So honorable mentions go to the unicorn, the high elf, the Lamassu, the Sphinx, uh, Leviathan, and Mermaid. Um, cool. Number four is the dragon. Um, yeah, man. The dragon. Nobility, power, fire. Um, in some in some versions, ice. Like in some versions, it can talk. But this is, yeah, it's awesome, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But I really like the East Asian dragon, like the Chinese, the Chinese dragon. Um, yeah, awesome. Like, you know, creature of creature of water and it's moving like serpentine. And I'm a really big fan of the um the legend that um that connects like carp and kois and and um goldfish and um dragons. Um that's that's just really fascinating. Look that up. Look that up because time, but look it up. It's awesome. Um, number four, we've got the siren. Um, yeah, the siren, man. The, <laughs> the siren. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And I put the siren, yeah, yeah. And I put the siren on there because like, 
I think the siren and the mermaid are often are often conflated, right? It's the sirens either conflated with a mermaid or with a harpy. Um, and I can't remember which is the more accurate version. I think the more accurate version is the siren with with wings that's like part bird, um, as opposed to the siren with a fishtail, which is like more of a more of a mermaid. But um yeah, sirens, man, like mandamit in the ship and the siren sings and because they're because they're stupid they don't block their ears and so they jump off onto the rocks to into the sea to their death and get eaten by the sirens um that's yeah man i there's some there's something i like about about that um about that story um number two is the phoenix um again man this is another noble this is another very noble creature um yeah, I I'm not sure how I feel about the portrayal in Harry Potter, but like I don't not like it. I don't not like forks. So like they got forks. Um but at the same time, you know, like if we're talking about immortal firebird with supreme intelligence, like Harry Potter does not take does not expand the full extent the full, the full extent harry potter does not expand on the full extent of of the potential of that kind of creature man i was you know like yeah i mean i i get that they went with the peacock design either in like in the illustrations and in the film which is cool because peacocks are wavy but like you can't just be like a red peacock that spontaneously combusts every now and then like come on um but no i the phoenix and the potential of the phoenix to my knowledge anyway hasn't been explored in in the in the stories and in the media that i've seen um and there's a lot and so that's why it's in number two because like the phoenix the phoenix is great it's awesome um and in number one um yeah i'm i'm not sure if there's like a theme i've established there is no theme but i want there to be a theme um number one is the kraken the kraken is like it's like tentacled and it's like a giant squid but it's not like a giant squid i think the kraken legend or the kraken myth is based on the giant squid um i also read some someone on twitter also said it's based on some sailors seeing three whales um copulating at once um i i don't know how i feel i don't i don't know about how i feel about any of that but the kraken has like tentacles and teeth and it's like monstrous and it just i mean this is why like i really needed to have like a primordial um chaotic sea monster or sea creature on this list right that's why in my honorable mention i had leviathan but leviathan is biblical but like it doesn't I don't know. I was torn between this and the Kraken and I feel like more people can relate to the Kraken um, because Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, but yeah, man, the Kraken is also underused in to me. Um, and I feel like we need more Kraken stories, man. There's something, there's something, um, um, uh, what's it called? Great old ones about it. And yeah, fearsome, like cosmic terror. I'm thinking like, rah, it's mad. Anyway, yes, the Kraken, the Kraken, the Kraken is my number one. Let's run it back. So number five is the centaur. Number four is the dragon. Number three, the siren. Number two, the phoenix. And number one, the kraken. Wonderful. Yo, okay. Mm. Okay. Sweet. Shall we get into some poems? Yeah, fam. Let's go. Poems, poems. 
Poems. Poems. Cool. I'm going to start with Momtaza. Mm-hmm. This poem is called Clockwise and it is by Momtaza Mary. Mm-hmm. Zuhur. Dew or the wetness on a man's cheek, find me a distinction. Both descend at night, leave by morning. I want to believe in so much more than this. I want to say we are more than our geographies of loss and believe it. Help me believe it. Label. What is there to write about after exile? After this dress of loose skin and zip codes? After the blue sighs of those before us? Wait for it. Our backs straining into loaded crossbows. In the meantime, I think I'll write about the rain making an industrial disaster out of your neat face. And that time I use your toothbrush to fix my baby hairs in the sink and never told you. Sadex. Trust is a vowel sound away from power. Trust is willing a boat to shore. Power is not having to. Even our language mocks us. Afar. Lately, he cries in newsreels. Sometimes he calls it inspiration. You are too milk-fed, too hungry, for a story that isn't yours. The generation birthed from a roll of dice, carving poetry out of a blood brother's rib. Cain translating for Abel, a digital age away. Shan. Morning papers say debris has washed up on the coastline and I do not know if they mean plastic or flesh. Some of us blur these lines. We, who live outside the membrane of being, beyond articulation, inside the hum of our nightly prayers, everything we are fearful of has already happened, is already happening. I couldn't tell you all the ways land imprints on a body, on a memory. But each dollar sent back home carries a watermark I can't ignore. This sea has always swallowed us. Boats have always failed us. Land has always meant barbed wire and queuing and contributing and contributing and contributing until the pillar box red gloss of documentation lends us a humanity our fathers never had. Shouldn't we be grateful, brother? At least... For this, breathe across a telephone line. Dream to cast this currency, this birthright, forth at an uncle's feet. No, I do not mean to. No, this is what they named luck. Mm. And that is Clockwise by Momtaza Mary. Oh, I just want to say I've been wanting to read a poem from Sugar Lump Prayer for so long and I just keep not getting around to it and so I'm so happy that I finally um got to read Momtaza on the podcast because yeah she's she's dope man fam fam incredible phenomenal poet man um yeah 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 um let's let's go let's go this poem is by Anita Barton Williams and it is called Dear Lee and, and it's inspired by uh, Lee Krasner's Life and Art. Dear Lee, The first approval comes in this form. 
this is so good you would not know it was done by a woman. Pain is the absence of colour. It's a shreds of self-esteem flung on the studio floor, overlooking a barn full of privilege, a figure of addict love, equal parts liquor, paint, theft. Before you pick up scraps of your self-diagnosed mediocrity, scrape a palette knife, make a plaster through texture, remind us to feel as well as look. Inhale, the canvas will tell you what it needs. I stand and peep through the darkness, see a biographical struggle for light, a mirror, leader of the misfits. You pick people up the same way you pick up fragments of yourself, make something, make them new, change form, paint, stay alive, sketch bodies as instruments, heads pinpricks lost, did you feel the same way when they said you lied about your self-portraits? I see the enduring shadow each time you dressed yourself in canvas. You made them see you. It was intentional. To leave only parts of yourself, the rest you burned. I imagine you deemed them not good enough to leave behind. So many works untitled. Did you wonder if naming things would make them fail? Did you wonder if naming things would make them less worthy? Did your name change make you more visible? Did your propaganda win? Did you judge yourself as they judged you for being a woman? Or were you brutal? There was no life outside of paint. Paint was the only way to breathe. And that is Dear Lee by Anita Barton-Williams. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I am going to follow that with uh, <laughs> with a poem from Hibak Osman from her collection Where the Memory Was. Mm-hmm. Um, when I told Gabriel that I was reading this poem, he said Hibak again, and he was like, you may as well read the whole collection. And I told him to shut up <laughs> because... <laughs> Now I do what I want. Now I do what I want. Um, yeah, please, please go and buy the collection. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do, I do, I do need to stop. I can't read if, the whole collection. If so you I'm win gonna... the giveaway, then um, when he, the next hit back poem he reads, you can follow along with it too. So that's. You <laughs> <laughs> may as well be giving up page numbers, bro. <laughs> Hey, 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 behave, behave, hey, we stand, we stand. Um, this poem is called, (laughs) this poem is called A Brief History and it is Mm -hmm. by Hibak Osman. We scheduled our family holidays around court dates, never took the same route home. Some things were only to be spoken about in the house with the door locked after the school run. Kids are fast, but rumours are faster. Serenity was what we borrowed from neighbours in half-cup weight. Shared anything but the shame. What is ours is yours, but don't ask about our son, or our daughter, or the children before that. Muhammad was splashed with acid and moved north. Our family has a habit of doing that. Moving until the past stops changing. 
I haven't seen him since the news. Scandal in the blood and scandal in the soil. Spilling out of everything that is created with this name. That is A Brief History by Hibak Osman. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. At this point, if you don't know how I feel about Hibak, then catch up. Just <laughs> just catch up. Catch up. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. May as well can invite her back onto the podcast, my friend. Like, you know, that's 100%. Yeah, yeah. My word. Incredible. Actually, actually too good. Like, too much sauce, man. Okay. So I'm going to follow her back with Rachel Long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, cool. So I'm going to be reading uh, Divine Healing. Um, and it's from uh, My Darling from the Lions. Um, her her collection which one of you lucky listeners will win um oi we're actually spoiling you you know like i'm jealous i'm actually jealous that you're getting these books for free but yeah cool divine healing mom said auntie b tried to palm her cancer off high up witches can do that see a sickness coming and deflect it mom was driven to the seaside to bathe at night Snow on the almost sand, then back to the corrugated church, where she was placed shivering before the Lord. For seven days and seven nights she lay in the rain of the elders' ceaseless prayers. She'd forgotten the language of her girlhood, but there, on the floor, remembered three words and repeated, Ami, Jesu Christi. She rose only to use the bathroom, and the payphone once, to call her agency. I won't be available this week. I'm sorry. After the hunger had set deep, and the holy water had been sipped, and the last candle had sputtered, pooled, the police arrived to carry mum to the altar, which was, she saw, as she got closer, an operating table, basked in blue light. I should say that in dreams slash visions slash parallel realities, the police are angels. The tallest wielded a scalpel, made an incision beneath her breast, and from that new smile dragged handfuls of teeth. It took them all night, but night there was so bright. And when mum woke, she was healed, and Auntie B passed the next year, leaving her two boys. Is one of them not my own godson? Mum straightened like a just queen. B wouldn't have shed a tear if she'd gotten me in that box. She saw it coming and tried to derail that sickness of the breast to me. Only God, in his mercy, those angels that night, they returned it to sender. Stop crying. It was B's sickness, her time. And that is Divine Healing by Rachel Long. Um, yo, so mm-hmm. we are, we're, we're halfway through mm-hmm. uh, reading, reading, reading the poets that we're gonna, gonna read. Um, 
Yeah, I guess instead of, because we haven't really talked about the individual poems, mm. um, is there anything you wanted to say about like why you chose those poems or like just, yeah, just like why those poets in particular or anything, anything along those lines? Um, I mean, not really. I think, I think I chose, I think these are the poems I chose because these are poems that I just kind of wanted to sit with and share because I read these and I was like, yo, yo, wow. Um, and so, and so I think the, well, not, I think the poem, the poets I chose phenomenal poets. Like I will, I will, for, I will always look up to these poets because like, like, yeah, I, I stand, I stand. Um, <laughs> but I think the, <laughs> the particular poems I chose are ones that I felt I couldn't really add commentary to or didn't want to add commentary to them because I think they just the poems just did so much and these are ones that like I read and sat with without without trying to kind of like break down or analyze like why they were why I found them like so like gripping and I think they gripped me for personal reasons so for so like um, in terms of the ones we've read so far, um, so I didn't spoil the the next two. Um, Dear Lee was written in response to the Lee Krasner exhibition. And like, yeah, if you know me, you'll know that I'm a big fan of like um, visual art and writing after visual art and all the, and like the histories of the, of the artists and that kind of thing. And so that plus Anita Barton-Williams, you know, you know it's gonna bang. You know it's gonna slap. Um, and yeah, this was one of those poems. And the way it was written, it was written, it's written so like beautifully and subtly. Um, and like in term, and like Rachel, Rachel Long. Um, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> hold tight, hold tight. All the all the former and current white government church kids because I didn't. I'd known. Ra- I've known Rachel Long for what at least a, a few years now. And like I was, I was this, I was this many years old before I realized that like, yeah, obviously I knew she was like half Yoruba, but I didn't realize that like she'd come from a um, white garment. I'd suspect CS background um, until like, until I read this, uh, this collection, um, which is fascinating. And there were bare conversations I want to have, but flipping lockdown in it. Um, but yeah. And so the experience in divine healing is I can I can relate to so much of that right from from like the practice talked about to like the um the but anyway there's there's just so much that I want to sit down and have a conversation about because it's so interesting and it's so fascinating and it's awesome that like that Rachel has put this experience into her poems um and yeah I yeah it's awesome it's awesome um uh, yeah and again personal resonance to be honest mm. um yeah I, did, <laughs> I even though I said I didn't want to chat much I ended up chatting bare <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um I'm flipping the question around in it um since we're halfway um what is there anything you want to say about the poems you picked or the reasons you picked these particular poems or poets um kind of like with Montaza as I said before like I'd 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 really wanted to read her. Um, I think there's, I think in terms of, of just reading it and I don't know, I'm really here for, for poets that make you um, feel um, mm. and, and for poets that 
that that touch you on that level and then I think um poets that do that artistically um and poets that do that um delicately and I think I think there's a lot of um there's a lot of of experience and a lot of trauma that people go through that doesn't need poetry to make you feel it um Mm -hmm. and but I think what I appreciate is um poetry um that it makes you feel because it it really it it really brings out the human element it brings out the people um as opposed to um centering and I don't know if not centering the trauma is the right word but it 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 puts the people at the forefront and because you Mm -hmm. care about the people or the poet because the poet makes you care about the people and the poet makes you invest in the people and the poet makes you see these characters as as rounded individuals or gives you this peek into a life that is real and tangible um that's what makes it real that's what makes you you feel as opposed to um listing off traumatic things that have happened um and i think I um always I really value um poets that make people people again um because I think the human uh, one thing that's just really real about life um and and humanity is is just the 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 eradication of other people's humanity and how easy mm. it is to turn other people um into less than human um, yeah. And to make their existence and their experience and and to diminish their humanity so that we can feel better about ourselves. Um, and so um, I think poets that are able to do that are invaluable to society. Um, and so so that was that was just why in terms of choosing Mumtaza. Um, and I think, um, yeah, similarly, Hibak, Hibak makes me feel, man. Um, mm-hmm. And um yeah i think the way that she writes lineage um and the way that she writes memory um yeah. is something that that intrigues me and fascinates me um and i think there's there's also just a a great privilege in being able to read somebody else's poem and not talk about it um, exactly particularly as we do a podcast i think it feels refreshing sometimes just to be able to read stuff um mm. and and not like not assess or not analyze and not go in too tough and I think exactly um I think we do that well and I think we do that with care um and I think sometimes we'll have conversations around the themes of the poem um you know if that's what kind of feels right um Mm. but I think there is there is something as well where sometimes poetry is just to be read and to sit and sometimes a poem just sits and like maybe it's not for you to discuss it. Do you know what I mean? Or like exactly. maybe the discussion doesn't have to happen on this platform, but it's nice sometimes to just read stuff, man, to just mm-hmm. like read it and like, definitely, yeah, leave it, leave it with people. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. So um, that's just the vibe. Uh, shall we, yeah. shall we get into the second half? Yeah, let's go. I'm going to kickstart the second half with Teresa and the poem of Teresa's that I'm going to read is the unedited version of the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. Our father who art in heaven, shadow be thy face for thy kingdom has been obstructed by my grandfather, forgetting my name. Thy will be done 
in his body, maybe. God's will is a butcher's knife that cuts into one flesh to feed another a plate of life lessons. Mm. I swallowed my grandfather's suffering and my belly is bloated with life lessons. I guess thy will be done in his body, but on the condition he ends up in heaven. A man can't ask for forgiveness for sins he can't remember. Mm -hmm. Give us a day where my grandfather's hands break bread during dinner as he talks to us about Nigerian politics. Give us a day where my grandfather's bladder is not a torn cloud vomiting a flood. Give me a day where my grandfather is telling me about the healing powers of the aloe vera plants in his garden. My grandmother scrubs the urine of his body. This is love. This is not a trespassing. She need not ask for forgiveness. Lead us not into temptation to curse thy name. My grandmother holds the rosary beads like a line of pills she wants to overdose on. Mm. Faith is all I know, is the cloth I shield my grief in even when I fear God might be a thin shadow. That is the unedited version of the Lord's Prayer by Teresa Lola. Wow. 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 Yeah, man. Wow. Right. Okay. The poem that I'm... The next poem... Um, the poem which I'm reading is by Mary Jean Chan um, and it's from um, the collection Flesh and it is called Tea Ceremony. There are days when I pretend to understand my mother's grief as I coax her into sitting at the table for a tea ceremony so she might linger on the rush of green into glass how the scent of leaf dissolves both past and future in one gulp. We drink in a serene silence. My mother smiles a smile that breaks my breath into laughter. She is radiant now, lost in the kettle's repetitive chant, her gaze fixed on the dance of fingers between utensils. I love my mother's joy. Her reprieve from the sorrow she adorns with designer clothing. Some nights, I tell her, go to bed. She says, I can't. Can you stay? As a child, I dreaded her desperate need. My hand resting on her forehead, unable to let go. Even now, with Winnicott and Klein as bedside reading, I can only invite her to the table. Look, mother, your hands are beautiful. Look, our tea is ready. Mm-hmm. And that is Tea Ceremony by Mary Jean Chan. Yo. Mm. Um, cool. So my last poem that I am going to read is called Mantra and it is by Tanya Nwachukwu. Um, and yeah, it's, it is a song on 
let me out my room please and mm. i recommend that you go and listen to that um as well but i i'm going to read it um in its in its poem form awesome mantra bad gal buffing nice smile softly laughs loud kind heart mean face cocky brethren sistrin young ting chargy them man think they know me they don't really know me change in my pocket counted it spent it snicker in my pocket didn't last melted sadness that i carry ain't really dealt with them man think they know me they don't really know me i'm glowing from somewhere my waist beads have started to roll upwards under my breasts like a second bra strap breasts which usually rest comfortably in your mouth like my name, like the letter O, lower your jaw. You say I feel more full moon than crescent and you fill your mouth with new words, baby and belly and time. Dad tells me to pound the okra. Sometimes he says okra. Sometimes mum says trafficate instead of indicate and I get confused. Sometimes I linger on irregardless or regardless, lap or laps, plantain or plantain, depending. Sometimes I can't find the right word, the sentence dissipating into awkward laughter. Language gives me anxiety. So does boiling rice. Dad is still waiting on okra. I cut chunks into the mortar, pound it with pestle. It is mahogany. It is sculpted. It looks like something the British would find and keep behind glass from us. I run my finger along the bottom, feel for ancient engraving. If not language, I will pass on taste. Both need the tongue. But I know when a soup needs more salt, a sentence in my mouth will reach the tip. And I still couldn't tell you what's missing. Wow. And that is Mantra by Tanya Nwachuku. Wow. Wow. Okay, 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 okay. okay. We don't play, you see. See, when we we look at, at hey, listen, we don't play. You see, you see the poets that are out here. The poets that are out here. They're really out here, you know. They're really mm-hmm. out here. They're really out here. That like they're really out here. That's that's what they're writing. That's the behavior mm-hmm. that they're going on with. Okay. Yeah. That's the behavior that they're going on with. That's yeah. how they're behaving. You see. All right then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Um, this is the this is the final poem I'm reading. Um, and it's called This Poem Is Not About Parakeets by Victoria Adukwe Bully. On the bus back, two men make noise and all else falls silent or leans away. One woman gets off altogether. I pull my headphones out. The air thickens. The men are angry. Words leave their mouths and hit the windows like flies. They're everywhere. Everywhere you look. I've got seven stops left. What we want is our country back. My armpits tingle with sweat. 
mm-hmm. I wants to throw something and then leave. Is that so much to ask? I'm nowhere near home. So instead, I think about the parakeets that live on my road. They take up all the housing. I want to tell the men how the parakeets got here. All they do is take our jobs. How they were brought here in the 60s for a film and then escaped. They're scroungers. I want to tell them how, despite the bad weather, they never lost their songs. Why are they so noisy? How none of April's showers ever washed their colours off. They don't even try to blend in. Or how these birds are so smart they can talk human. They don't even speak proper English. The men keep moaning. It's my freedom of speech. I want to ask if they've seen these creatures fly. These emerald parakeets that live near my home. I want to tell them about the brightest, most beautiful birds I've ever known. (laughs) Ah, man, man, oi. And that's, this poem is not about parakeets by Victoria Adukwebuli. What? (laughs) That... Bro, I've never, I've never, I haven't heard, I haven't read what my eyes are watering, bro. What? Why? That bro. poem is so what? Bro. Oh my gosh! Bro. Oh my! Bro. That is so. Oh. Bro. Oh bro. wow! Wow! Bro. Wow! Bro, even reading, even reading it, even just to read it, they. The energies, wow! Oi, um, that's Oi. that's that's a that's yo, um, that is that is a fitting, yes. a a more than fitting way to end the podcast. Mm. Um, yo, we gave you our top five mythical creatures. Uh, yes, we did. And then, because it's International Women's Day today, um, mm. on the day of release, we gave you. What did we give you? We gave you an uh, just an, an, an a, a delightful, a delectable collection of poems from from some incredible women. So, I read Montaza Mary Clockwise from Sugar Lump Prayer. Uh huh. Oh, and I read Anita Barton-Williams, Dear Lee. And then I read Hibak Osman, A Brief History from Where the Memory Was. Followed by Rachel Long, Divine Healing from My Darling from the Lions. And then subsequently, I read Teresa Lola's The Unedited Version of the Lord's Prayer from In Search of Equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Then after that, Mary Jean Chan, Tea Ceremony from Flesh. And then finally, I read Tanyan Wachuku Mantra, um, which is from the album Let Me Out My Room, Please. Mm-hmm. And to conclude, I read Victoria Adukwe Bully. This is not a poem about parakeets. Matting. Um, yo, yo, cool. And so that is the podcast. Um, mm. 
follow us on Twitter at Sugar yeah. and Dread. Ensure that you follow us and look for us because we are doing a giveaway. Uh, we yeah. will be giving away uh, where the memory was. We'll be giving away mm-hmm. my darling from the Lions. We'll be giving yes. away In Search of Equilibrium, and we'll be yes. giving away Blood Child, Blood Child by Octavia yeah. Butler. So yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to get your hands on those books, then follow us, and we'll be doing a giveaway. And uh-huh. all the details of how you can win it uh, will be on our Twitter. The music yeah. that you're listening to in the background is by Gabriel P. Jones. Follow who, him. Um, he is the pumpkin. Yes, he is Bumpkin, the producer yeah. um, and the man behind Let Me Out My Room, please. An yes. amazing project. Um, yeah. yeah, leave us a like and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, interact with us. Um, stay blessed. Stay wonderful. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, International Women's Day is an amazing day. So we want to, uh, yeah, just shout out. Shout out women, man. Um, yeah. Shout out. Shout out women.